0: Okay. Wisdom is not the way. Nanquan said, the mind is not Buddha. Wisdom is not the way. (laughs) Woman's comment. We could say that Nanquan, though an old man, had no shame. As soon as he opens his stinking mouth, he exposes the family's ugliness to the outside world. Even so, few appreciate his benevolence. The sky clears, the sun emerges, the rain falls, the ground is wet. Exhausting his sentiments, he explains everything. Yet I'm still afraid people won't believe him.
1: Other than that, it's the same. (laughs) I have some some thoughts. Okay. Should I tell them?
2: Yes, please do.
1: One is, um, like many of the koans, it seems too simple. You know, like you could explain this to someone, well, it's all about how Zen is a lot more complicated than, I mean, it's just like the flower thing. You could explain it, oh, it's it's, it's not the Dharma but it's the experiential connection to life, something like that. And I, I talked to my Dharma talk about D.H. Lawrence talked about ideas and experience. So the mind is ideas and it's experience. We try to make experiences into ideas and kill them, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, but, you know, like, like them walking away and saying, oh, I got it, where you could spend your whole life on this. So mm-hmm. I know that... It, There's so much more there. And then stinking because he says, what we don't wanna hear in, in woman's comment. As soon as he opens his stinking mouth, like it tells the truth and the family's ugliness to me is the family is like the family of man, like human beings. And he exposes um, our delusions. And we people don't appreciate it. But he still says it. And I have one more thought. Oh, the sentiments. Exhaustion and sentiments, that's like being nice to me. Mm. So he's he's running run out of um, sentiments. And so he explains everything and that's why he has a stinky mouth. And what did Linda said? You've got to hurry up. You people are getting old. You don't have much time. <laughs> <Isn't that> nice,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but that's pretty similar, isn't it? Exhausting his yeah. sentiments. He explains everything. Yeah. Okay, that's my thoughts.
2: Well, as I said something, what well, probably said the simplistic thing is that um, the mind isn't, Buddha and wisdom is not the way when we go beyond wisdom. And there's no more sense experience but it's like pure mind, like sunyata and emptiness. And even though he says and even though he, he's talking about about that and being looking at things from a completely different perspective um, people are not going people are not going to believe that because it's not the normal way of seeing um, but it's more the activity of seeing through our normal way more with a Dharma eye than in the way we normally
1: see it i think the wisdom in the koan is the mundane wisdom not the wisdom beyond wisdom
2: right uh why do you say that
1: well one reason is because wisdom which just from what you're just saying wisdom beyond wisdom mm-hmm. is really the way right But wisdom is like knowing everything. That's the wisdom in the Quran to me.
2: Right, right. So that's the wisdom. That way is not. That's
1: what I said. It's not the wisdom beyond wisdom. That is not the way. It's not the bigger wisdom. It's it's like the wisdom that you would get if you took a thousand courses.
2: Yeah, well, that thousand courses. You don't get much out of a thousand courses. No,
1: that's what I'm saying. Yes.
2: So that's why I think it's the, the wisdom beyond wisdom.
1: But that's not what I'm saying. Is that's not the wisdom that's being spoke of in the koan?
2: You mean the one that's not the way?
1: The one that's not the way.
2: Yeah. I no. I'm agreeing with you.
1: Okay. Good.
2: Yeah,
0: we're we're agreeing. About okay. That. I had a I had a little different take on the family's ugliness. Okay. In Wu mm-hmm. comment. It's because we have all of these teachings, and Nan Kwan is a teacher, and they try to point us using many, many words to the truth of what we are, the truth of our being. And and this this, uh, koan to me is pointing me back again to being because if it's not wisdom that I can attain, If it's already here, well, then what's what is that that's here? What is this beingness? So when he's exposing the family's ugliness to the outside world, uh, you know, the, what made me think of—he's saying, "Yes, I'm a Zen teacher. Yes, I do a lot of talking, but the bottom line is, none of these words <laughs> are actually it. You can't land on them. They're not going to be the truth. You know." Um, it, it, it's all going to be going back to the rain falls the ground is wet the sun emerges it's warm you know what I mean it's it's this beingness you know that but it's
1: also cause and effect isn't it each one of these things it comes after another thing and it's um, kind of life as it is too isn't it
0: I, I think he's I think he's referring to the isness of things mm-hmm. you know. It, which is really hard, you know? I mean, like we talk about a strawberry or an apple. I had an apple, you know, uh, yesterday. I hadn't eaten one in a while. And boy, it was really good. And you can have a thousand words to try to describe what that apple is, but it, nothing can describe the actual experience.
2: It's the Yeah, the same experience issue. It's all about yes. experience as opposed to talking about it.
0: Right. Right. So, and, and Nan kwan is just saying, yeah, we we're doing all this talking, but you know, the, the secret is, is this is these, you know, these words are really just kind of keeping your mind busy <laughs> till it runs out of things to, you know, it, till it runs into this boundary or roadblock of understanding. And then what you're left with is your beingness. And that's, you know what I mean? That's really, you know, which has been there the whole time. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, I don't know, that was kind of a feeling I was, I was, I was getting and, and he says, and yet I'm still afraid people won't believe, you know, he he won't believe him, you know, we still want words, we still want to have a whole class filled with, um, you know, Zen teachings and, you know, what is emptiness and, you know, all these other things, we think we need it.
1: Now, I have a new thought about family ugliness, and that is it's, the family is a lineage and the ugliness is the Dharma. So he exposes the family, he exposes the Dharma to the outside world, that there's nothing real there, really there, real there.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I'd like to ask a favor because, um, may, well, first, may I ask a favor? Um, it will be very helpful to me to embody this koan because I came in my own simple words to a lot of what y'all are saying, but I'd like to embody my words for me. And so that's very self-focused right now, but I really would like to embody this koan because it is in part everything you've just said, except a little simpler. May I have a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so all I wrote is the mind is not Buddha. Well, of course it isn't. And wisdom is not the way. Of course that's not the way. Wisdom beyond wisdom is the way. But if the mind is not Buddha, what is Buddha? I know in small glimpses in breaths, in sights and sounds, but yet I don't know all. And when I do know in my moments of knowing, there are no words, no words. And when I have moments of knowing beyond knowing, even words beyond words do not suffice, thus exposing The grabbing of the 80,000 that Kim spoke about this Sunday. The reaching, the grabbing. I put grabbing, but all of those who wanted to be Buddha with their wisdom and their knowledge and their studies, that's not the way. Thank you. That's all I said. Donna, would
2: you like to share? That was
0: beautiful. Thank you, Nelda.
3: You're muted, Donna. In some ways, uh, similar to Nelda, in that, you know, mind is mind, Buddha is Buddha, you know, they're different. Um, But particularly with this idea of wisdom, wisdom is not the way, uh, wisdom, again, you know, wisdom is a word, but um, wisdom is something that arises in response to to life, to being. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know it can't be the way the Tao. Um, I you know it you just can't you know can't put it in a cage. You can't catch it with a word. Um, so that w- that was more or less my thought. That, um, along those lines i'm curious to see what guogu has to say me too <laughs> let's
2: see uh, cam were you yeah you're, i think it's your turn to read right
1: okay Gu's Google, comment the mind is not buddha wisdom is not the way there is no awakening and I have nothing to give you. This case is not even a gonghound. It's just an old man complaining about his teacher for being a blabbermouth. I'm confused because-
2: <laughs> I think it's Wu-Man,
1: Wu-Man. Wu-Man's the old, oh.
2: Now Wu Man's complaining about Nan Quan. I see. I, I guess, I don't
1: know. Okay. We'll find out more, I'm sure we'll find out. But like father and son, he too disgraces the Chan tradition with his stinking mouth. Well, the old man seems to be Nan Quan. And who's yeah. his teacher? Maybe his teachers said something about wisdom is the way or something
2: I'm sure yeah. he'll say on the next page, yeah Keep reading. But, <laughs> but like
1: father and son, he too disgraces the Chan tradition with his stinking mouth <coughs> that exposes the family's ugliness. What more can be said.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: let me Uh, Chinese Chan masters have this peculiar way of praising others by typically saying the opposite of what they mean. I've heard it in the West too. For example, people who love each other may say, come here, you big old fool, let me give you a hug. Of course, they don't mean that their loved one is a fool, just the opposite. So Chan masters comment on each other's teaching in a playful way.
1: And we've also heard that like in Japan, If you have a really smart son, you'll say, this is my stupid son. (laughs) In America, we say, this is my smart son. Okay, Another person like Nelda. Yeah.
4: We have already met Nam Kwan in several of the earlier cases. The most radical of his strange behaviors is perhaps in case 14, where he cuts a cat in two. In this case, he says something milder, but nonetheless potent, contrary to common knowledge
3: and charm. Wisdom is not the way. Occasionally, I teach an intermediate level meditation class, introducing a new meditation method at each session exposing the students to different approaches to the Buddha way. Some people may find an affinity with a particular method that's introduced, others may not.
0: Practitioners usually begin with an effective safe method, such as meditation on the breath. After people have built sufficient concentration with that practice, they may reach a plateau. Being exposed to a number of methods can shed new light and perspectives on their own method and breathe life into their practice. The caveat here is that those various methods can become like a new toy to some people.
1: I think it's me.
3: Yes.
1: Traditionally, Chan refuses to deal with stages of practice because progress is an illusion Chan teaches from the perspective of awakening, not from the point of view of sentient beings. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: All of the cases in this book present the awakened view to get people to realize it personally and for good reason. Introducing various methods and stages of practice (coughs) may make students feel inadequate. They may start doubting their ability to practice. Wait.
3: They may think
1: that all of these stages are so difficult that they could take many years to go through, and they might never get there. Moreover, learning about stages of practice gives the illusion that practice actually leads to some ideal state or goal that we lack in the present.
3: At
2: the beginning of each meditation class, after a period of sitting, I ask if anyone has any questions. One woman said, I know I shouldn't seek after experiences. I know I shouldn't be attached to things, but every time I meditate, all I can think about is these wonderful states that I actually don't have and that I can't experience. And this leads to more wandering thoughts. The more I think about it, the more frustrated I get. For the past 40 minutes of sitting, I've been thinking about how to formulate this question to you, to tell you that I'm frustrated. I know I shouldn't attach, but I am attached to these states. Why can't I meditate well? Why can't I experience these things? This duality is the
4: caveat. Her question applies to all practitioners as there's a tension between practice and a realization. I told her that there are many things within us and in the world for which we should be grateful, that our own very being is supported by so many people and all things around us. It is very important to recognize and feel gratitude. Realizing this, we see that we lack nothing.
3: There's no need to seek for anything. To see yourself in the light of all things, connected to all that surrounds you, this is Buddha, this is wisdom. Is this something to cultivate? Is this something that you lack and need to attain to go through stages? I said to her, please don't practice for yourself. And that's my advice to anyone who has similar questions.
0: It is worthwhile to reflect on whether you practice for yourself or for others when you sit and see how frustrated you are because of wandering thoughts or scatteredness, filled with desire for fantastic states of samadhi or awakening, wishing that your past period of sitting in bliss would last. In that moment, you are practicing for yourself. The truth is, whether you have wandering thoughts or not, or are scattered or have clarity, it has nothing to do with your true nature.
1: From the perspective of Chan, all the wonderful experiences of, of samadhi are altered states of consciousness that stem from the illusion of self. These delusions manifest according to your own karmic bag, baggage. Some people feel a unified state, others feel alone in solitude, some experience connectedness Others feel a lack thereof. All of these states of consciousness manifest from within. They are nothing to do with who you truly are, with your true nature. I've already used many analogies to describe this. There is not one single phenomenon that does not express this ultimate truth. The Buddha used different methods according to the different groups of people he taught. All teachings were given in a specific context to specific people who needed to hear them. Nan Quan is stating it as plainly as he can Here, It is not really a Chan or Zen teaching or an esoteric truth. He is simply pouring his guts out, explaining it as it is. The mind is not Buddha. Wisdom is not the way.
2: When I say there is nothing to seek, No enlightenment, no samadhi, no special realization that I or any master can offer. Do you believe me? Now, this may not help the meditation center pay the rent and other bills. However, it is the truth. My words put Chan and other spiritual teachers out of business. For this reason, Wu Men said, Nan Quan, though an old man had no shame, As soon as he opens his stinking mouth, he exposes the family's ugliness to the outside world. Even so, few appreciate his benevolence.
4: I've devised some fanciful classes, such as the intermediate meditation classes for cultivating samadhi. But all of these things are like the labels printed on those over-the-counter medicines for
3: temporary relief. All of us can understand this intellectually. Why is it that there is no Buddha way or no wisdom, no Buddhahood to attain or realize? John Masters have not made this up. There are actually Mahayana Sutras that state this clearly. It's explicit in the Heart Sutra. There is no suffering, no cause of suffering, no cessation of suffering, and no path. There is no wisdom or any attainment. With nothing to attain, they reach Nirvana
0: it is because of your sense of lack that you seek the heart of the matter is no matter how often the scriptures or chan masters tell you that there's nothing to attain nothing to get rid of few actually take it to heart
1: chan masters face the state the obvious Existing in every moment of your waking and sleeping life is your Buddha nature. It is never separate or independent. It animates every moment wonderfully, dynamically, freely. This is the very reason you're able to have wandering thoughts and not be stuck with them. The sky clears. the sun emerges. The rain falls, the ground is wet. Exhausting his sentiments, he explains everything. Yet I'm still afraid people won't believe him.
2: But you refuse to accept the truth that when the sky clears, the sun shines brilliantly, or that when it rains, the ground gets wet. Your heart is free in this very moment. Don't
4: find it and hold on to it. Just take a look out the window. Even though you are free, why do you act as if you were missing something in your life? Don't you know that whatever can be gained will be lost? If you realize this and truly take it to heart, then your way of life of relating to others will be very different. It will not be based on greed for or aversion towards something, nor will it be based on the deluded thinking of gaining and losing, wanting and needing. It is these states that are abnormal that conceal your natural freedom.
3: My daughter was only eight, but she was already discovering something called cosmetics. She borrowed my wife's lipstick and put it on. I asked, what do you have on your lips? She said, lipstick. I said, your lips are fine. Why do you need lipstick? She said, I don't know. It's pretty. I like the color. It was an innocent answer and it was fine. But I went on to tell her, and please don't criticize me for saying it. People who need makeup are trying to cover up something. Cosmetics set up boundaries. Or you can call it a facade. The function is separateness. I asked my daughter if she understood. She said, what are they trying to cover? I said, all the things that they think are not pretty enough. They think with makeup, they'll look better. She said, but mommy does it. So I said, mommy is trying to cover up something.
1: (laughs) I think he's gonna be in trouble.
0: (laughs) If a person can realize that there is nothing to hide, nothing to conceal, that there is no facade to put up, then he or she will be at peace. But if you find yourself unable to realize this, then you need to engage in some kind of practice to train yourself to get free of that. Then you need to hear Dharma talks to remind you that you shouldn't put up a facade.
1: All the masters, including the Buddha, have tirelessly taught until they expire. I too will die, maybe sooner than you think. I may not have the good fortune of living till I'm 80 years old, like my master, or like Zhao Zhou, who lived to be 120. In case you have not heard me, it's all good, I-A-G. Remember this and take it to your heart.
2: I like this
4: koan. Lovely lesson, yes. Or non-lesson, <laughs> that's the case I Love that, yes. Kim was very helpful to me the other day. I just wanna share this because it, it relates to this koan. I made a comment, sort of one of those that I often make quite often, but it is what it is that's sort of off the cuff and I don't, haven't really thought it through and I made a comment about my ex-husband. What did I say, Kim? Something like, I put 30 years of time and work in, into him and now he's sharing all of that with someone else.
1: Well, you're jealous. because The woman's taking advantage. His wife is taking advantage. Uh,
4: that's what you heard. That's not what I meant. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know. My comment was a comment on My comment was actually a comment on how much work a relationship does take to to refine those rough spots. And we did work 30 years to do that. And and, um, for whatever reason, it still didn't work out. And now all of that refinement he's sharing with someone else. And at that moment, I was like, there was a a little bit of me, I thought, if only we could have refined just enough not. To be apart, but to stay together. But after Kim said, you might wanna use that as a koan, immediately what came to mind is, that's just like our Bodhisattva path or a Buddhist path that a Buddha will share and a Bodhisattva will share what they have because they want people to share it with themselves another. And other. you know, they want that energy to go forward. So I'm delighted he's sharing 30 years of our work together. <laughs> Individual work with someone else, and I will be sharing it in, in so many ways with the world, not just her, with everyone.
0: Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Well,
1: I don't think I did
0: anything. Oh, it? <laughs> That reminds me, um, Nelda, of Byron Katie. Um, someone asked her um, how she would feel if her husband, who's Stephen Mitchell, um, met another woman and left her, you know, for someone else. And she said something to the effect of, oh well, I just love him so much. I would want him to be happy. And if he found someone to make him so happy, it would just, you know, I mean, she just she's unbelievable, Byron Katie, because she does not think she's definitely coming from another whole world of viewpoint, you know, so she You know, it just made me me think of what you just said. It was sort of like this generous, open-hearted, you know, sort of like. And I'm sure that whoever he would fall in love with or leave me for would be a wonderful person that I would love to get to know. And she, you know, she didn't she didn't bat an eye. You know, I I feel that way about my former spouse. I I I hope that he is happier
4: than we ever were together. I really want that. And the which is apples, the oranges was, I guess in the moment I was just so physically tired and my neural paths connected from the fatigue of this, of this move and all the boxes I'm looking at around me to how much work it really was to sustain and grow a 30 year relationship. And it's like, oh, it's like packing boxes and you don't get to keep any of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but good i hope he i hope he gives them to her in the world well it's it's really not the way that we're taught to feel we're we're really taught to feel that we've lost something you know that we're always in the process but the fact is that we are always losing something we're always you know it's it's this reciprocal give and take thing that's constantly happening you know um but we want to hang on or
1: what would be an example when you say we're always losing something? Can you think of one thing?
0: Oh, um, my youth, yeah. okay. my
3: body, used to work. <laughs> <laughs> time, you know,
2: time, Did yeah. you say
3: time?
2: Oh, time. <laughs> you said your mind. That too. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah, everything's always changing. And, and um, you know, I, I, sometimes I think about uh, my children and, um, oh, here's one thing. Um, I went through a, a period of a little depression um, that sometimes mothers may go through when all of a sudden my kids were grown and they didn't really need me. And they actually didn't come to me all the time or tell me what was going on in their lives, you know, it, and there was a time when I was the center Of the house. I mean, I was command central. I was the one that all, you know, in their youth, they would, their childhood would come and say, Mom, we need this. Mom, mom, mom. And um, that passed, that ended. And one day I woke up and I realized it was done, that I wasn't command central, that they were leading their lives and, you know, had all kinds of things going on that they didn't need me for, you know. And um, so that's the an example, I think of. Um, and yet, you know, that's why we raise children so that they will have a fulfilled, happy life and grow as adults and move on. Right. So there's, you know, um, but I'm kind of I'm kind of like, you Nelda. I was thinking all that work I put in <laughs> now they don't even call me.
2: You know, boxes. <laughs> <Awesome. laughs>
0: it's all
4: right at this point. I just wish someone would pack them themselves and take them away. No, no, no. I'm delighted. Thank you, Kim. I mean, I just, I've, I've been, I've, I've been holding that. That ah, oh, maybe you should turn this into a coon since you said it. And immediately, I thought, ah, oh, how lovely, how lovely that, how lovely. That we get the opportunity, when we get the opportunity, to share our time, energy, and lives so that they can then spread the Dharma to others and share their time, energy, and lives. Oh, what a gift that opportunity is.
1: I'm glad Gail told that story about that woman.
0: Oh, Byron Katie? Yeah,
1: who was so excited that her husband might might find someone (laughs) that would make him so happy.
0: Why, Kim? Why did that make you happy?
1: <laughs> oh, that's just a beautiful story. Yeah. because there's so much um, anger that's created when someone goes off with another person.
0: Yeah, and, and it's really it's because I think um, I've come to understand that at the heart of everything is this love. I, you know, it sounds corny, but there's we all have it at, at our heart. You know, and um, I think it feels good to feel the kind of love that isn't that attached love, but the more generous love that's that kind of feels good. And uh, um, another Byron Katie story. Her husband, Stephen Mitchell, uh, somebody said to him, oh, you know, your wife said that she just loves you so much. The other day I was having a conversation with her and she just was saying how much she loved you. And he laughed and he just said, oh, that's nothing. She says that about everybody. (laughs) 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 It's probably true. And it is. It is true. If you ever see her in person, She's, she's that's funny. Back to Kim, the
4: spontaneity and outpouring of when on after your Dharma talk, when you just said to everyone, "I love you." Oh, that was such a gift. Thank you for that.
1: Oh, well, you're welcome.
4: Yeah.
1: It wasn't you know, on the script.
0: I know. It felt <laughs> unscripted, spontaneous, Kim. <laughs> felt the true. flower. <laughs> uh.
1: Um, what happened to Lori? I'm here. Oh, I just don't have it in the right view. There you are.
0: Here. What did you think about um, Rugo talking about his daughter, you know, playing with makeup? I have mixed feelings about that.
1: Well, my mom um, wouldn't let either of my sisters wear makeup. Hmm. But at that time, the women who wore makeup, like in Chicago, they really wore makeup. I mean, they they were like painted things with bright red lipstick, and and it was kind of considered cheap. I mean, that was the word that my mom would use, <laughs> wearing makeup. So. Um, and I don't think all my, my they ever wore makeup, my sisters.
0: Yeah, I I understand what uh, he was trying, you know. But that's not
1: your question was... about what do I feel about makeup. That's just been my experience of it. So I'm kind of uh,
0: right. aliy-
1: lying to him.
0: Right, you were aligned with him. And but I, was... I
1: think we do all kinds of things. But my sister had her, Herod uh, uh, died, you know, so. That's kind of like makeup, and my mother did
0: too. <laughs> Telling secrets.
3: <laughs> I am um,
0: yeah, I was thinking. I understood the point he was making with his daughter, and that he's making in that, um, you know, what he's what he's saying. But sometimes, also, you get the idea. Um, I think it's the attachment, or what you're using the makeup for, or why you think you need to have it, or why you don't have it. Uh, You know, for instance, I don't know, um, you know, as you move into spiritual life, there are some places where um, you feel like, well, if I'm truly spiritual, I don't need to put makeup on and I don't need to put anything on my, you know what I mean, Uh, you know, as a woman, and that that becomes another identity. I'm the spiritual Mm -hmm. one, you know in this community that doesn't need to put makeup on or lipstick on or you know you know have her hair colored or anything like that i think you can get attached that way too so some,
1: some of the early buddhist women would would us uh, burn their faces with irons so that they'd be you know just as their final step of giving up any kind any sense of beauty
4: yes.
2: Self
4: mutilation. Other attachment. I mean, the attachment to the idea that that somehow makes them more accept. I mean, the, the, a proof that they've given up the idea. Okay, I'm going to tell you all this. I love putting on makeup. It is a massage for my face, it is a meditative practice. It is so freeing. You will see me in makeup. I love it, every part of it, from the plucking the brows and how calming that is, to the
0: rubbing the facial cream, to the little, br- I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, that's right. I think, I think it all has to do with your, uh, what is it that you're, why are you doing it? Is it just for the sheer pleasure of it? Or is it because you feel that it there's something about you that isn't right that needs to be covered over? You know what I mean? It's, I, you know, that's that's what I was hearing. He's trying to to point to. So I wouldn't say makeup or no makeup is good. It has to do with how you're. You know, it, is it just an expression of creativity and? Why did he even
1: talk about makeup? I mean, he was talking about his daughter, but I can't remember now what his point was.
2: It's about wearing makeup.
1: No, no, no.
2: That
0: yeah, it was. It's about covering up. It's wearing about covering up. Right. He said he, it was. It, she was putting on a facade.
1: You conceal your your natural freedom.
0: True nature. Well, I I think I think that he didn't really understand women much. You know what I mean?
4: Yet <laughs> <laughs> there are many different reasons for putting on makeup.
0: Yeah yeah that's exactly right and um I, I think the point is though not to I, you know i was struck too by um i don't know if you've ever heard of the teacher uh, papaji uh he's a he's a non-dual teacher he was ramana's disciple and he was really had a lot of people following him and one of the women um is a current teacher named gangaji who was one of his disciples anyway she had a big awakening with him and uh, um, Weeks later, she was still with him. And one day he turned to her and he said, you know, you don't have to go around, you know, looking like. I, I guess she was somebody who who just felt, you know, that um, it, being a truly. Awake person meant that she, you know, was just could get rid of all, you know, all facade, all everything, you know, and he says, you know, if you feel like it, if you want to, you could put on some, you know, you could, you know, put on some makeup or do your hair, you know, in other words, you don't have to have an image of being an awakened person as an identity, you know, that looks like this, you can, you can do whatever you want, you know, because it's your own, you know, beingness expressing and, so I, I I remember that um she she kind of mentioned that that he he kind of said that he must have he must have sensed something in her. You know, she's kind of attaching maybe to a certain uh identity as a a spiritual person. Well that comment of
4: goo uh go so
0: I
1: I I know no, goo, goo Goo, Goo, goo yeah, I think.
4: Goo, goo. Um, I bet it stimulated a lot of makeup conversation because you know, just to, to limit it to, women have something to cover up if they're putting on makeup certainly doesn't sound consistent with his practice as a teacher. I know he knows beyond that, but there are other, other reasons maybe, but yeah, maybe he left it unedited just like that to create just this conversation. Yeah, He's such a good teacher. I've so appreciated this, this book.
2: Well, and too, it may be different talking to his daughter than talking to women. Right. Yeah. The fathers are usually real protective, whether they're teachers or not.
4: They do tend to be that.
1: Well, there's that thing of growing up, too, that you don't want your daughter to grow up, especially yeah. when she's eight.
3: <laughs> Not
2: to grow up too fast,
0: right? <laughs> I may have had a similar conversation with my girls when they were about that age, wanting to do things that I thought may, were maybe a little bit too grown up at the time. Are <laughs> yeah. well,
1: Are we done?
2: Are we done? I think so. Unless somebody has something else they want to share.
0: I just think the simplicity of this um, um, this case really doesn't, um, you're kind of left with no words, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, okay, okay,
3: okay,
2: okay, okay. <laughs> okay. See you guys oh. soon. What?
1: Oh, Lori, I I can't see you at one thirty on uh, Monday because that's Peg's class is during this.
3: Oh, okay.
1: So I will find a time on your thing.
2: Okay, just let me know.
1: I'll let you know too.
2: Yeah, I'm. I appreciate your um. Being so flexible today, Marie,
1: Maria was so happy talking to you.
2: Um, I was very happy to be talking to her.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So that worked out really well, and it gave me lots of time to spend with her. I thought oh, we I could good stack them, but I'm glad I I'm glad we did. not No, do I them.
1: don't like doing that, doing two at a time.
2: Well, I don't mean not at a time, but one. I after mean one time.
1: after the other. I don't like that.
2: Yeah, it's nice having having full yeah. time. So. Yeah. So, thank you. Okay. Thank you for, for helping to okay. make that happen. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye.
3: Good night. You. Take care.
2: Bye, Bye Donna. Beindelda. Bye, Nelda. Bye, everybody. Kim. <laughs>